Tons of news with the NFC South as training camps open. Matt and I will get into that division today. What's going on in the NFC South? Who's better? Who's worse? The players to watch in training camp and preseason in the NFC South. Coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you, as always, at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. NFC South, plenty of news. Let's go alphabetical through this division. There's some uh, new injuries with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their center position. Um, you know, Julio Jones, we've talked a little bit about on this show. Michael Thomas back at camp with the uh, New, uh, New Orleans Saints. So, I mean, tons to get into with this division. But I want to start with the Atlanta Falcons, Matt, and where this team is at. And we've kind of crushed the, the Atlanta Falcons because they have one of the worst rosters in the NFL. They kind of slow played their their rebuild with a new head coach last year. And I don't think got a great return, you know, for a longtime quarterback in Matt Ryan and now are sort of starting the rebuild. It feels like now, even though they've gotten a lot of talent in there the last couple of years to, to get it going a little bit, but it feels like they took a step back before they can take a step forward going forward into 2013 and, and beyond when this team really has an opportunity to compete. Hey, I a hundred percent agree. I mean, I think this rivals Houston or whomever, as the worst roster in the league. And a lot of it's because they were aggressive during the Matt Ryan era and they tried, they went all in and maxed out the credit cards a little bit and now they're paying for it. You know, they've also had guys like, you know, Stephen Ridley. I mean, they could, they could sure use him. I mean, uh, you know, a guy like Ridley who's out for the year. So they've had some bad breaks too. new coaches. You mentioned um, they won seven games last year. And that's great, but they didn't play like a seven-win team. I mean, they had the fifth-worst scoring differential in the league, and those seven wins were by a combined 32 points. Like, when they lost, they got blown out. When they won, they squeaked by, you know, and they didn't really have a ton of impressive wins. So I, I think this is a team that's very much in contention for the first overall pick. I want to actually start on the defensive side of the ball, Matt. Okay. I want to play this clip from defensive coordinator Dean Pease post-practice. I believe it was yesterday at Falcons practice. And we've talked about how they're trying to build this thing. And he preaches culture in this. And it's an interesting perspective where he's looking at where the Falcons are right now. And he, it's funny because they know, like in this clip, he tells us what we just told the listeners that they they know they have a lot of work to do, right? And and I love this clip from Dean Pease about the Falcons' defense from training camp. We're changing a culture around this day going place, okay? And it's not going to be mediocre. It's not going to be average. It's not going to be in the bottom half of the league like it's been 15 out of the last 20 years. Sick of that crap. We got to take charge. And it ain't going to be anybody else to do it but us, okay? I'm tired of everybody telling us how bad we are. After a while, you start believing it. Just like you tell you, you never tell your children and stuff like, hey, you guys, you don't, you, you get mad at a teacher that says, you know, telling some kid he's stupid, right? 
you don't ever tell somebody that because pretty soon they start believing it. Guys around here on defense sometimes believe, hey, 15th is okay or whatever. I've been in the top 10 one time out of the last 20 years. That bullshit's over. Okay? Sorry, I'm getting fired up today, but I'm tired of this crap. We're going to change the culture of the defense around this freaking place. People are going to start talking about Atlanta defense like they did at Baltimore, like they did at New England. It's going to be the same around here. Fired up. <laughs> fired up. Training camps are open. I love it. Look, and, and I love the talk. The talk is great. Uh, and they've got to find their pieces. And um, But, you know, mindset is huge. And changing the culture from a losing organization into a winning organization is huge, too. So do they have the right people to build that foundation is the question for the Falcons. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm a big D, Dean Pease fan. Uh, I'm a bigger fan now than I was two minutes ago after hearing that. I mean, I think he's the perfect guy for the job. Great track record. He mentioned some of the places he's been that's been outstanding. So I love it. But I, I beg everyone to hit pause real quick on the podcast. Make sure you come back and try to name more than five starters on the Falcons defense. It's not an easy chore. And I'm not sure if top of my head I could name all 11. Um, but how about this? I mean, it, it, probably a lot of you realize Atlanta had the fewest sacks in the league. Okay. Well, the Eagles were 31st. The Eagles had 29 sacks last year. TJ Watt had 22 and a half. Atlanta had 18. <laughs> I mean, like, wow. That's unbelievable. It's 18. unbelievable. Right. That, that it's you could you almost couldn't try to do that. Right. I mean, I get that you didn't play with a lead all that much, and but still it's first and down first and ten, and people throw the ball against you. I mean, uh, so that is you know, going into the draft, they went wide receiver, edge rusher. I mean, they could have went so many directions, but their pass catchers and pass rushers were and still are really, really bad. You know, looking at that defense, who are the players they could build around? Who are the players to watch in camp? I we know AJ Terrell coming into his he's own. He's a superstar. Player. I hope people yeah. realize he's a he is a super player. He's he's the one star player on that defense right now, and coming into his own as one of the top corners in the league. Deion Jones been doing it for a long time. Started off on the pup list. For training camp this year, Grady Jarrett, you know, been doing it for a long time as well. Maybe those guys are on the backsides of their careers, but still good players. So you have at least one, you know, name on each level of the defense, but they're going to need a lot more than that. And they're going to need a lot of contributions from their young guys. The second rounder, Arnold Ebiketti is a big one for me. Can he start to provide that pass rush coming off the edge? Because they're going to need it. Uh, Lorenzo Carter across from him. Um, Marlon Davidson, second rounder from a couple of years ago. Those guys are going to have to set up, step up. But the the one guy I'm watching on the defensive side of the ball is probably the second rounder, Arnold Ebiketti. Yeah, it, most teams it's easy to pull out a name that people don't know that's better than advertised or you know is this guy's better than you realize. And Falcons fans, please at Williamson NFL if I'm missing one of these dudes. But this looks like a lot of retreads. You know the Rashawn Evans of the world and Casey Haywards who kind of know who they are. Um, the other one I'll throw out there, and I'm thinking the same direction you are, is the other two picks from day two. D'Angelo Malone he could also have some edge presence. But I really like Troy Anderson, too. I mean, he, he was a great athlete at college, and he has a pretty clear opportunity to get on the field. You know what's odd is just because we're talking about so much opportunity for young players, and it's not a great roster. Some of their recent draft picks from past years are almost have really either – been slow played into the lineup or they're just yeah. not good enough to get into the lineup guys like richie grant second rounder from last year is a really nice player you know he's gonna have an opportunity to start 
all season long now at, at free safety. So we'll see what that looks like. And we'll see if he's taken a step up from his rookie year. I look back at their drafts from the past. They drafted a lot of uh, interior offensive linemen. Like, so I was going to say, even yeah. McGarry and Mayfield. I mean, yes. early picks on the O-line, but they don't have a good O-line. Yeah, Matt Hennessy and Mayfield, third rounders two years in a row. Drew Dahlman, a fourth rounder last year, which is he had almost the identical scouting report as Matt Hennessy the year before. It's like, what's the plan there? You're drafting the same guys in the same position. Did, you know, mm-hmm. was, so is it going to be Matt Hennessy? Is going to be Drew Dahlman? You know, uh, Lindstrom, the first rounder, McGarry, the first rounder. Are those guys, you know, potential building blocks, foundational, awesome offensive linemen, or are they just guys you draft in the first round that they're going to get replaced by future first rounders? Obviously, Jake Matthews has been doing it for a long time at left tackle too. So a lot of question marks there, a lot of opportunity for the young players, but some of the the young guys that they've drafted recently got to be part of that culture that Dean Pease is talking about. Yeah, yeah. And I want to switch it over to offense because Pitts is a massive, massive building block. I mean, he's even a better prospect than Terrell, who's a great player already. I often call Kyle Pitts the freakiest pass catcher on the planet right now. That's great. Um, I don't think, I don't know if you agree with me, but I, I don't think most years Drake London is the first receiver off the board. I mean, I think he's fine, but usually I think, I mean, he's not going to be a Jamar Chase or even a Waddle. I mean, I think a, a lot of guys in recent memory would have been drafted ahead of London. A um, couple little nuggets though, too. And remember, this is a Titans based offense. They don't have the Henry. They're kind of looking for that guy, of course. But only one team had three receivers on the field less than Atlanta last year. And they've led the league. They led the league in throwing to tight ends and running backs. I get that, you know, I mean, especially considering who the receivers were last year. And then I saw a little nugget I put on Twitter recently, too, that of all the qualifying tight ends, Kyle Pitts ran a route against safeties and linebackers the fewest of all those tight ends. So they're basically lining them up against a corner. You know, I mean, if you can move, that's the beauty of the Mark Andrews and Kelsey is you're going to get a lot of reps against linebackers. Well, you got to get pits on those guys too. Right. And then you look at their wide receiver group with Drake London, the rookie. And I agree. And it's not, that doesn't mean Drake London is not going to be a great receiver, but he's the type of guy, you know, maybe doesn't have a great top speed that goes down and and gets drafted later in the first round ends up being as good as all the rest of the guys, you know, Deandre Hopkins or something like that. He's Mm -hmm. got the ball skills and the ability to get open, even though he doesn't have a lot of top end speed, but then you have Kyle Pitts at tight end. And then they brought in Brian Edwards from Las Vegas. They're all six, three plus power forwards so you're running out there with three power forwards you know whereas like the pit pits might be the best deep threat out of all of them hitting the scene i bet he is yeah and then you've got uh, a wide receiver turned running back in cordero patterson um not not really in, in much dynamism there at, yeah, at running he's back. pretty old and then of course the the retrade in marcus mariota and a third rounder in desmond ritter and it sounds like desmond ritter is not gonna have much of an opportunity to even compete for that job at quarterback so even if the defense under dean pease did become what he's talking about there and that culture was changed i, don't, I still don't think they could put up enough points to win games no i i don't either i mean there's a little bit more to build on i guess on this side of the ball um one thing i've said about ritter and i guess it still qualifies for mariota is i feel like their whole goal is to be Davis Mills or better. You know, like whenever the pick comes up, like take Anderson, the the edge rusher out of Bama. Don't take a quarterback because I was good enough to at least make you think about that. You know, so I I think those are the small kind of goals you're looking for here. I mean, I don't think Cordell Patterson's an every down back. You know, we kind of saw that at the end of the road. I mean, Tyler Algier might take that over, but he's a fifth round pick. So there's not much to hang your hat on, but there's a lot of high pedigree guys on this side of the ball. I'm just, I'm sitting here staring at our, our lads depth chart 
there's a lot of dudes that were first round picks, second round picks, you know, and a lot of them were the offensive linemen, but it's a bad O line. <laughs> right. Right. So the, yeah, they've got to fix the the bad drafting and the bad, the bad team building. That was the prior regime and make sure all the young players they have brought in are part of that new culture. It's going to take a while. So, um, mm-hmm. but you know, at least they, they know what the problem is too. And I actually like hearing DMPs talk about that because they reckon they're not, they're not running from it, right? Yeah, they're not running from it, and they recognize it. Some teams they act like they're you know a Super Bowl champion. You're like, your team is god awful. What are you talking about? And you, <laughs> right. you you're like, who, who are you trying to to who are you trying to the fool here? And Dean P is not trying to fool anybody. He didn't sound no, like no. All right, next we've got to talk Tampa Bay Buccaneers, New Orleans Saints, the Carolina Panthers in the NFC South. It's an interesting division and tons to talk about on today's episode of peacock and williamson but first dave level with me we've all been in a situation at some point in our lives when uh, we're a little tight on cash maybe you could only afford to put a few gallons of gas in your tank or you got another save the date and wondering how you're gonna afford that wedding gift that's where dave can help dave is the banking app that can help you get up to 500 dollars instantly with Extra cash. That's money to fill your tank. Buy a wedding gift. Catch up on those bills. You can finally tackle all those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest, no credit check needed at Dave with extra cash. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch, need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you download the dave app from the app store right now that's dave d-a-v-e sign up for an extra cash account and get up to 500 dollars instantly for terms and conditions go to dave.com slash legal instant transfer fees apply banking provided by evolve member fdic thanks again everybody for making peacock and williamson your first listen for your second listen make sure you're checking out everything else going on on the locked on podcast network locked on 49ers this is what i host if you don't like the 49ers your team is covered here no matter the sport on the locked on podcast network matt's doing locked on dynasty football and locked on nfl channel on youtube is where you can find peacock and williamson and a ton of other great content including the locked on nfl podcast daily Who's next? Alphabetically Carolina here. here. Carolina yeah. Panthers. Baker Mayfield, obviously, and, and Sam Darnold and that quarterback competition is going to be an interesting one in camp and really the most important thing to how good this team is is if they get some good quarterback play this year. I think this team's very easy, except I want to start with culture, as you mentioned. Every time anyone says the name Matt Rule, it's, oh, he's on the hot seat. He's trying to save his job. You know, like, it, it's almost like a prerequisite. You have to say that with that, that coach more than anyone else in the league. By the way, bet online. He is the the is he leader the, in the clubhouse. Leader for the odds of the first head coach fired. I mean, they've won five games in each of the last two, three seasons. I mean, that's pretty rough. And they lost their last seven to finish out the season. They won two games after week three all year. However, I think there's on paper, culture aside, rule aside, who you know, all all those things, which I don't dismiss. The defense was really good last year, and wisely, they didn't do a whole lot to change it. I mean, the the, the Burns and Horns and Chins and Thompsons and those guys, they got dudes on defense. And since you and I have been talking about this, you've often mentioned about that, that draft where they went all defense, and it's a good young core. But the offense very well could have been the worst in the league. I mean, it was last in yards per play. Their deep passing game was just horrendous. Their Darnold was god-awful. McCaffrey was injured much of the year. And 
so I give them credit. I mean, they they went and got out, got three offensive line starters, including Ekwon, who who very well could be the best player in this entire draft. They upgraded a quarterback. Like, just don't stink on offense. Don't be the worst offense in the league. And I think you're around a, a 500 team. The offense was that bad last year. And they could be even better on defense, too. Right, and, right. And, and while you're talking, I was thinking about it. If you compare the Panthers, who were not a good football team last year and actually had a higher draft pick than the Atlanta Falcons, if you go position by position, I think they're, they're better close. in almost every single position group than the Atlanta Falcons are. And now probably at quarterback, too, with Baker Mayfield. We'll see how that turns out. That's a very combustible situation with Mayfield and Darnold and Matt Corral. And uh, it's got to be Baker Mayfield that wins that job. And if it doesn't, then uh, they might be in trouble again. But look at their wide receivers. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall in year two, who I'm excited to watch. Uh, Ekwanu, they added early in the draft to go with uh, those guys you mentioned. They've got Brady Christensen, Bradley Bozeman, Austin Corbett, Taylor Moten on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, at running back, obviously, Christian McCaffrey. So that that's better than what the Falcons are running out there. On defense, Burns is a star. Derek Brown, a high first-round pick. Yeah. A good player inside, maybe not a superstar. Yitur Gross Matos, I think there's more in the tank for him. On the other side, at defensive end, a bigger-bodied guy than, than Brian Burns. Um, You've got uh, a bunch of defensive backs that they've added yeah. recently. They traded for C.J. Henderson after drafting J.C. Horn last year, drafting Jeremy Chin and Dante Jackson um, in the second rounds prior. So there, there's a lot of talent on this football team. On paper, they should be a lot better than they were last year. So uh, I'm kind of bullish right now on the Carolina Panthers because everyone's so down on them. Yeah, uh, on paper. Again, there's a difference between culture and being in the building and actually putting a win together on Sunday and all that. This looks like a borderline playoff type team to me in the NFC. I probably wouldn't say that in the AFC, but in the NFC, could they be in the top seven? Absolutely. And small things like pick up Dante Foreman to, pe- to back up McCaffrey. I think he's a quality back. You know, I think Tommy Tremble could kind of take a big step forward in his second year. And, yeah, you stole mine. That was my yeah. sleeper to watch. Oh, good. Okay. The, for the, uh, the Panthers in preseason games was Tommy Tremble. He's mm-hmm. got some athleticism as a as a tight end. If he can get on the field enough and and be featured, uh, I think he could be a real nice player for the. I Panthers. like him a lot. He's a great blocker too, and I know you know he's kind of out of sight, out of mind. But like Ritter, having Corral in the mix in the system at least gives you some long term hope there too. So I don't dislike this roster. I think I, I know it's low hanging fruit and too easy, but we never really got to see him last year in JC Horn. He's oh, uh, on his up list star. right now if, if yeah. he can get on the field, and hopefully we, he's activated and, and playing for some preseason games because that would be really nice to see him. And if he's able to be a star on the outside, they've got son, tons of athleticism. Like nobody runs – they're all four three guys on the outside with Dante Jackson and Horn and, and C.J. Henderson. Like They've got a ridiculous amount of athleticism. Then obviously Jeremy Chin, the, the strong safety, uh, as a second-rounder in 2020 draft. So um, a really good team on paper with potential growth because it's a young roster as well and some star power on both sides of the ball. It's it's a fun team that could come together and really surprise some people. It could, uh, again. And probably this is why rules on the hot seat. I mean, it, it's time for excuses to go away. You know, five wins ain't going to cut it anymore. And I'm not saying Baker is Superman coming in to save the day, but he's an NFL starting quarterback. I lost the bet, the betting lines, the over and unders for uh, at Bet Online. See if I can mm, pull okay. those up again. But I have a feeling I'm going to be going over, especially with Baker Mayfield. I don't think the the line. I'm sure it's gone up since Baker Mayfield was acquired, but I don't know if it's gone up enough because of how bad Sam Darnold played last year. I, I think it's hard to 
uh, it's hard to really convey how bad Sam Darnold was at quarterback for a lot of the year, yeah. especially after those first three games. Yeah, and I think the O line boost is at least as as big as the quarterback boost. You know, like I'm not making any excuse for Darnold, horrible, but his line was really bad. This line should be above average. All right, where are we at here? Anyway, I'm not going to find it. Okay, no big deal. Time, but no. whatever it is, take the over. I'm leaning here. on the over too. Atlanta, I'm leading the under. <laughs> okay, let's see who's up next. It is the New Orleans yeah. Saints. The New Orleans Saints in the NFC South. Um, again, quarterback is a, is a big factor here. If, if you don't have that guy at quarterback, and there's some doubt that's always going to be the first thing you're looking for, for how good a football team is going to be. And I'm not sure we have a sample size big enough to know what Jameis Winston's going to look like in this offense, but they got Michael Thomas back. He started on pup and I was thinking, what the heck happened with this guy's injury? And it was a botched, apparently uh, either a botched or some kind of setback with his original ankle surgery, but he looked okay. You know, he looked okay running slants and little outs in practice. Once he did get back on the field, I think he was on pup list for one day of, saints training camp but i would say that chris olave the first round pick they spent so much in resources to go get with michael thomas on the outside jarvis landry in the slot i mean that's a really nice set of three wide receivers with like you know well-defined roles for Jameis winston to throw to i wish sean payton was still coaching this team because and that's nothing against the new crew but i mean and it's more like the old crew but i just think payton's right. a great coach um but i'm really bullish on the saints i mean their defense has been very good for a couple of years now. I, you mentioned the, the pass catchers. Was anyone worse at wide receiver than the Saints last year? You know, I mean, who was the guy everyone was getting excited about for fantasy drafts around this time last year? End up doing nothing. You know, like. Was it Callaway? Uh, or was it, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy, he had a couple good preseason games. Let's try yeah, Marcus, Marcus Callaway. Callaway. Right. <laughs> and now, like, you know, Landry, Alave, a healthy Thomas, it looks like. Um, I'm a little concerned about the line. Because I think Penning's a little bit of an overrated prospect, but you also have James Hurst there, the hold down the fort, who's you know a, a, a solid guy. But the line has a first round picks everywhere, early picks everywhere. I, it doesn't look like Kamara's going to get suspended. I mean, I guess we'll see. But if they get every game out of him, you know what he brings to the table. I don't think he's dropped off at all. I'm a Winston fan. Like I, 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 I I'm a bit of an apologist because everyone just talks about all the turnovers. But in Tampa Bay, he always had the highest ADOT in the league. You know, like, he made a lot of tough throws at Tampa. And, yes, is he a good decision maker? Of course he's not. He's too much of a risk taker. But I went back and pulled these numbers. I mean, he's been a saint for 11 games he's seen the field. His TD to ratio, TD to interception ratio as a saint is 14 to 3. You know, his time in Tampa, his TD ratio was 121 to 88. You know, like, maybe he's getting better. Yeah, it's and it's tough because that small sample and right, right, you right. almost if you're a if you're a Saints fan, it could be the at the end of this year you're thinking, oh man, he teased us because it was a small sample of games and he's the old Jameis Winston. He's never gonna you know you're never gonna maybe. coach that out of him. But then maybe if he keeps that up and the other strengths that he does have as a quarterback and much better pass catchers this year, you know you worry about left tackle and that's about it with that offense. Right, right. No, they they it's a really complete roster in my opinion. I mean. I think the defense is quite strong, led by like Demario Davis and Cam Jordan and Marshawn Lattimore. Um, yeah, you lost Williams, but you just you picked up Marcus May and the Honey Badger. You know, I mean, C.J. Gardner Johnson and Marcus Davenport and people like that. I mean, David Onyemata is a great, you know, um, underrated guy too. 
I don't think things are going to be drastically changed from the coaching change, but Peyton's just more proven. I don't think it's crazy to put a bet down on New Orleans to win the division. I mean, especially, I mean, if you're going to give me nice odds. So six and a half wins, by the way, for the Carolina Panthers. Eight and I'm a half is that, the, yeah. yeah, I'm going to go over that. I, I think they can go seven wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, the New Orleans Saints is eight and a half wins. So you're talking about nine wins. Oh, I'm over that too. It's about where they were last year. This, this looks like it could be a playoff team on paper uh, and starting to look like actually a pretty dang good division outside of the Atlanta yeah. Falcons if things go right for some of these teams. No, you're right. You know, and we know Tampa Bay is strong. We'll get to them in a minute. But, like, I think I put New Orleans over Minnesota, Arizona, teams like that that could be in the wild card mix. I mean, I, I think New Orleans is better a team than those guys. Trevor Penning, obviously a huge one to watch, along with Alave. Those first-round picks mm-hmm. are going to be fun. Do you have any sleepers on that New Orleans uh, Saints roster that you'll be watching in preseason games? I'm still an Adam Troutman fan. I, I don't like to dismiss young tight ends too early in their career. I really liked him coming out of school. This is a tough one because just like, I mean, this year's a perfect example. They make the fewest draft picks of any team in the league. You know, they go up and get their guys. So there's, there's very few of those fourth round picks that's ready to step up and develop on this team. You know, I'm looking at some of the, um, some of the picks from last year, Paulson Adebo at mm-hmm. at corner across from Marshawn Lattimore. And I love CJ Gardner Johnson in that nickel role. And then they have Tyrone Matthew and those guys are just interchangeable. And, and uh, with Marcus May now who they brought in to replace Marcus Williams. I mean, they've got a lot of versatility there in the back end of that defense. So their defensive secondary could be awesome. And then Peyton Turner, who they spent a lot on as a first round draft pick last year. Can he come in with, mm-hmm. you know, Cameron Jordan, who's just rock solid and been rock solid for a decade over there at, at the, the strong side defensive end spot. Can you get some pass rush on the other side? Mark Stavenport on the pup list, Peyton Turner. It's going to be huge for that defense. That's great. You brought Peyton Turner. Like he may be the least descript first round pick from last year. And I understand why, but like, yeah, totally forgot about him. You know, he was a first round pick last year, you know, so that's a nice kickstart. One last name I'll throw out from last year too. I like Pete Werner, too, the linebacker out of Penn State or out of Ohio State. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have another nondescript first round pick from last year that plays the same position as Peyton Turner. We'll talk about that defense, uh, one of the players they lost. How will they replace that and figure out the center position in Tampa next? But. Let's talk about our friends at Bet Online. Mentioned some of the lines already there for wins and losses. There's tons of stuff you can bet on at Bet Online for the NFL season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find out all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. And it's not just wagering, they've got you covered for league news and reviews for every league NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. Live in-game betting. There is casino games as well. Poker, blackjack, you can do it at BetOnline. Continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering and information. So get over to BetOnline today. You can bet on your favorite team to win the Super Bowl, your favorite team to fire their head coach, your favorite team to have coach of the year, rookies of the year on offense and defense, props for how many sacks a certain player will get, all of it. Uh, And I think they've got 17 weeks worth of – 16 at least in the last couple of weeks. I'm not sure about as far as lines. You can already bet on a ton of games at Bet Online for this season, even so, even though we haven't even hit preseason games yet. So get over to Bet Online, desktop or mobile device, to learn more about the trends and action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. 
The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The retirement and subsequent unretirement of Tom Brady was the huge storyline of the offseason there, but it's the talent around Tom Brady that's really going to make the difference with this team. Uh, can we start at wide receiver? Because they brought in Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, is injured but making his way back to the field for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and then you have Mike Evans who's just been solid and been Mike Evans ever since the moment he stepped on the field for them after being drafted in the first round in 2014 so overall if you put Godwin and Jones together as getting one complete wide receiver two across from Mike Evans and by the way Godwin before he got hurt I was out playing Mike Evans from a you know fantasy yeah. points per game perspective as well so you can't sleep on how good Godwin is when he is healthy and even if you don't get all three of them on the field at the same time if Julio can bridge the gap to Godwin before he gets hurt I think you're you're looking pretty good there at wide receiver for Tom Brady and the Bucks. 100% agree I'm gonna get to that in one second but I, I, I did this exercise for Steelers.com where it's went around the division by division and pulled up a lot of key stats, you know, uh, turnover differential, yards per play differential, um, sack differential, all these nerdy things that I reference all the time. And Tampa Bay is like super boring because they're just really good at all of them, <laughs> you know, both sides of the ball, like not a lot of discernible weaknesses. And that's really been true since Brady's been there. I mean, it's just a high-quality team in all the important facets. And do I think Julio Jones is an impact player anymore? Absolutely not. I don't think he can run. I don't think he can stay healthy. But, you know, I don't think he's going to be Antonio Brown for them. But Evans, Jones, Godwin, and uh, Gage, who I think is a very Tom Tom Brady-friendly slot type, I think that's more than good enough as the pass catcher. They run the ball well. They have a good line. They did suffer a major injury at center. But maybe by the time people listen to this, J.C. Treader will be a buck or something like that. That was the big news this week was Ryan Jensen might be lost the entire season with a knee injury. And and that's tough. They already lost Alex Kappa as well. So some changes on the offensive line. Uh, They did draft second round guard Luke Gottike. Could he get in there at center? Uh, Robert Hainsey would be the first man up who was a third rounder who I kind of forgot about from the year before. So, yeah, I mean, that's you're trying to draft starting players in the first three rounds. So maybe they got the replacement in house there with Robert Hainsey, who's had a, you know, one year to to uh, get used to NFL football. But, um, you know, Aaron Stinney, they brought in Shaq Mason to replace mm-hmm. um, Kappa. Right. So that's a, that's a nice signing there. Tristan Wirfs, obviously. So on the right side, they're looking good. But there is some questions on the inside there. And and if they're going to be able to run the fall ball with 260, or sorry, 245 pound now, Leonard Fournette, who apparently dropped 15 pounds <laughs> in the two weeks before training game. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, and they stole Shaq Mason from the Patriots. I think if I had any offensive lineman to build a team around going forward, it'd be Tristan Wirfs. But three new starters on the interior, and we know Brady doesn't like interior pressure. You know, I mean, so that could be some growing pains, but especially in the inside run game and interior pass rush. But I'm not real worried about this team. I mean, I think the defense is very, very solid. Um, they've drafted defense to no end. I mean, you know, year after year at the top of the draft. And they brought in guys on offense. And they have some star power there as well. Of course, Brady makes that whole thing go. I think they're well coached. I think Leftwich will be a head coach someday. Um, you know, I, I don't think the, the head coaching change is a big deal at all. And Todd Bowles is a, a favorite of mine. You know, we spent time with the Browns together, so I'm rooting for him. Um, it, it's kind of a boring team to talk about because we're talking about things like, well, the interior O-line 
might take a while before it's really good. You know, like this team's really good. Uh, who are you drafting a tight end on your fantasy rosters? Kyle Rudolph, the replacement? Cameron Brayton has been there, it seems like, forever. Um, they drafted a couple guys this year, fourth and sixth round, Kate Otten and Coke Keith at tight end. So um, is there going to be like that security blanket for Tom Brady, or is that guy just going to be Mike Evans? I think that guy's going to be Mike Evans. And Fournette will catch a lot of passes as well. I think Evans is starting to decline a little, but that, I don't think that's going to hurt his fantasy production or anything like that. I like the Cade Otten pick in the fourth round, but he's a next-year guy. Um, I've never been a fan of Kyle Rudolph, and now I like him less than ever. He's wearing number eight. That's not right. Uh, he saw it on uh, <laughs> He saw it on a fellow player in the division, right? And he thought, oh, man, number eight looks very nice. That looks kind of nice on Kyle Pitts. Makes him look really athletic. So maybe it's looks great on Kyle Pitts. On the number eight, yeah. <laughs> right. Not as good on, on Kyle Rudolph. Exactly. Rashad White's the player to watch on offense, though, right? The third round running back. Can he carve yeah. out a little bit from Leonard Fournette? If Leonard Fournette gets hurt, could Rashad White potentially be that guy who can, you know, give you some every down value? You know, he's got value as a as a runner and a receiver and be a league winner potentially. He's a very hot name in the fantasy world, especially the dynasty world. You know, he's a third round rookie, especially when Lenny was fat. You know, I mean, everyone just thought what you know, White was gonna plug in there. Yeah. And I get that. I just wasn't impressed with his tape. I thought he was kind of just a guy. And one of the things everyone raves about him is a receiver. And he is a very good receiver for a big back. But is Tom going to trust a rookie third-round pick in protection and all the pass scheme, scheme stuff? I have my doubts. And then even for Dynasty, is Tom going to be there next year? <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I don't own any stocks of Rashad White. And running back's not his quarterback dependent. So, you know, mm -hmm. dynasty wise, you know, as long as he gets the job eventually, it's not yeah. really a big deal for me. But, uh, you know, look, Leonard Fournette's had injuries in his career. Running backs have an 100% injury rate. So if he's actually the number two back coming into camp, uh, give me all the Rashad White stock. You can't. And hopefully you can earn that. But, you know, Tom Brady, it's funny because whether it was the Patriots or um, now with the Buccaneers, and, you know, you have a, a you know, completely. Oh, not completely, but mostly broken down Gronk. And he's still throwing him touchdown passes left and right. So if you get Tom Brady's trust, it doesn't really matter what the age is anymore. Go with the veterans. No, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Gronk and Evans are touchdown machines with Tom. You know, I mean, it's just it, it, it's the trust factor. Um, a couple dudes on defense I just wanted to bring up. But again, they're all high picks and kind of boring. I, I think Joe Tryon, Shalinka, Shalinka. Uh, takes over for JPP and has a chance to be a very good player, a power player, kind of like JPP. And one of my favorite picks in the entire draft was Tampa's first pick after they traded out of the first round. I think Logan Hall has your boy Armstead and Buckner-like traits. Right, like that sort of yeah, uh, yeah. play big end, five technique, can kick in and play some three tech if you want him to, very, you know, stop the run on early downs, rush from the interior on passing downs. So very different player from, you know, Joe Tryon when they drafted him in the first round last year. He was, you know, the, the prototype, you know, if you're just, if you're two five, if you're six five two sixty, their teams are going to draft you in the first round and you're athletic, yeah. you know, so can you develop into that guy? And he's got a clear path of playing time now. So however good Joe Tryon uh, Shoinka is for the Bucks this year is going to go a huge way into that defense being very good with their second rounder from this year, Logan Hall working in there with Goldston and, and some of the guys that Keem Hicks. I think throw a Keem Hicks in there is a little yeah. sugar on top too late, exactly. lately, you know, don't we all know that Vita Vea is going to be a beast at oh. least for two downs. Right, on the right, right. 
So no, I, I, a linebacker. I mean, I, I think I'm going to, if I'm going to go a deep sleeper here, Zion McCollum, who nobody really talked about. He was sort of the standout player at the combine that didn't quite get the credit for it because there was some really outstanding times run, but his numbers across the board were ridiculous at the combine. We're talking sub four, three with, um, or, or no low four, three, I think it's four, three flat or four, three, three or something like that. But then the agilities were insane. Like Zion McCollum's athleticism, is off the charts at a position group where there's already off the charts athletes. It was really amazing what he did. Fifth round draft pick. Can you develop him? Because he's got all the athleticism in the world. Yeah. He's a great one to keep an eye on, especially in the preseason. He's pretty blocked in a good secondary. I mean, guys like Antoine Winfield are stars and Davis and Dean. And I mean, it's a good group. I'm with you. I, I, I was shocked. He lasted to the fifth round, you know, with his traits and he's not a tiny guy either. I mean, so no. uh, this is a really good football team. Great team. How many wins? They are the 13 win last 13 win team last year. The over under for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now, 11 and a half wins, which is high, but it's a 17 game season. Now you're going to take the over on 11 and a half, Matt. I like the line. It's probably a stay away. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping Jensen isn't the first of a lot of old guy injuries. You know, I mean, everyone, people that stick around a year too late. Um, I mean, that's just a hunch, you know, but if Gronk's not there and Julio's on the sideline and, you know, Evans pulls a hammy and it takes him two weeks longer because he's older, you know, that type of thing. And Godwin's not right. But sitting here staring at their their depth chart, really good football team led by great people to have leading your football team. So I guess I'd go over. If I had to take one, I would take the over. I think 12 is a really good number for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they could easily have another 13 win season, but probably stay away from that 11 and a half line. Cause it's, yeah, they could, they could be a really good team and have a really good year and win 11 games. Yeah. Or maybe Blaine Gabbert starts yeah. two games. It's like, that. right. <laughs> right. You know. yeah, and hopefully the, 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 hopefully that doesn't happen for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers unless they're just resting people in week 18. All right. Good stuff. That is the NFC South. Plenty of storylines there. And uh, can't wait to see how that one turns out. Some good teams and potentially a better division than people are giving it credit for in the NFC. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock. Hey, P, and- I got one thing for you. I want, I want, yeah. Were you ever watch the Jetsons growing up? I did watch a little Jetsons as a kid. You're familiar with the Jetsons, yes. right? Yes. Well, we're recording this Sunday night, July 31st of 2022. That was George Jetson's birthday. <laughs> Day he was born, July thirty first, two thousand twenty two. I just threw that out on Twitter. Like, wow, yeah. So, what year was the Jetsons set then? Late seven, uh, I guess. Thirty years after that, he was a dad like, with you know is, the twenty fifties. My boy Elroy, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow! So, happy birthday! <laughs> happy, happy literal birthday to George Jetson. <laughs> right, and. We're, we're not walking our dogs outside on conveyor belts yet or, you know, doing no space cars quite yet, but they probably got yeah. a couple things right in the future. They even tried to get the, um, it's not, it's not Jetsons, it's back to the future, but they tried to get the hoverboards going, but it was more like a Segway without a handlebar. So that, that wasn't really, <laughs> yeah. wasn't really the hoverboard. So yeah, we're, we're way behind. We're not quite there in the, in the sci-fi universe. Yep, absolutely. So George was born today, you know, for the future. <laughs> George Jetson, I love it. <laughs> it's a great factoid. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Back tomorrow, checking in on the rest of the NFC right here. Peacock and Williamson.